Hello, you are listening to the Secular Buddhism Podcast, and this is episode number 27. I am your host, Noah Rochetta, and today I'm talking about understanding non-attachment. Welcome back to the Secular Buddhism Podcast. This is a weekly podcast that focuses on Buddhist concepts, topics, and teachings presented for a secular-minded audience. The Dalai Lama has said, do not try to use what you learn from Buddhism to be a Buddhist. Use it to be a better whatever you already are. I like to emphasize that at the beginning of every podcast episode, so please keep that in mind as you listen to this episode. And remember, if you enjoy the podcast, please share it with others. Write a review or give it a rating in iTunes, or if you're in a position to be able to help, I would really appreciate it if you could make a one-time donation or become a monthly contributor to the podcast by visiting secularbuddhism.com. So let's jump into this week's topic, understanding non-attachment. This is a topic I wanted to discuss because it's come up a few times in uh, recent workshops that I've done where the understanding of non-attachment is, um, I, I think, a little bit misconstrued. Uh, typically, there's the response or uh, asking for clarification on uh, whether or not it's okay to be attached, specifically, usually referring to loved ones like uh, spouse or children or parents. And um, so I want to clarify this topic a little bit more because non-attachment is a very important part of understanding Buddhist philosophical thought. Um, but I want to be clear about what exactly non-attachment is, or perhaps more specifically what it's not. Because I think when we think of the word attached, and uh, if I were to think I'm attached to my kids or to my wife, um, we don't necessarily view that in a negative connotation as a negative connotation. And, um, and I don't think we should. The, the type of non-attachment that's being talked about in Buddhist thought has less to do with what you own or what with you what you hold on to versus how that holds on to you. So, for instance, I, I heard a recent quote that said, uh, non-attachment doesn't mean we don't own things. It means we don't allow things to own us. That, in a nutshell, is the type of non-attachment that we're talking about. Um a Zen master put it pretty simply. He said, everything breaks. Attachment is our unwillingness to face that reality. So I think non-attachment really stems from a misunderstanding of uh, things being impermanent. When we attach to something, uh, we suffer and others suffer because we're holding on to things uh, that are past their time. And you'll remember the, the raft, the parable of the raft, where the Buddha was with his monks and he asks if somebody were to build a raft and they are crossing the river with it uh, at, at the time that they finally make it to the other side, is it wise or unwise to continue to carry that raft with them? And I think this lesson really is um, talking about the understanding of non-attachment. Letting go of the raft, whatever the raft may be, is a lesson of letting go of things that are past their time. And that is essentially the understanding of uh, non-attachment. So this can apply to uh, relationships, friends, experiences, even our moment-to-moment experience of living 
if we're if we're attached to it, um, can be uh, the source of a lot of suffering for ourselves and others. So by accepting the true nature of things as being impermanent, we ease our fears and we open our hearts. And then this understanding of impermanence will not only benefit ourselves, but it will benefit others as well. So don't think of non-attachment as a form of indifference or a form of self-denial. Think of non-attachment as a way of not allowing things in your life to own you. So giving up the attachment to the permanence of things, I think, is the key understanding here. Um, Because we understand that all things are constantly changing, that all things are impermanent. And, And because all things are constantly changing, when you hold on to something and attach to it, it's detrimental because that thing changes. It, it evolves and changes over time. Like uh, like that quote, everything breaks. Attachment is our unwillingness to face that reality. And you can apply that thinking to almost anything. Um, so in terms of relationships, because that one's brought up quite often, um, what does non-attachment mean in terms of how I love my spouse or my partner or my children or my parents or siblings. Um, Thich Nhat Hanh has a, a, a really good quote that I like. He says, you must love in such a way that the person you love feels free. And I think this goes hand in hand with the understanding of non-attachment. Loving in a, in a non-attached way is loving in a way that the person that you love feels free. And to be loved uh, in a way that you feel free is a way of being loved without attachment. Um, so it's not that there isn't love or that you don't want to be with someone. It's that you don't allow that person or that thing to own you because that's attachment. So letting go of attachment is the secret to really enjoying life and to loving others. It's, it's a way of freedom. Um, so think about that with you know, relationships like with your children. If you love your children in a way that they feel free, that's genuine non-attachment. You're allowing somebody to be completely authentic and free as they are. Uh, I think this is very pertinent with relationships. Um, But it, it, it applies to other things too. I've been asked specifically about goals. You know, is non-attachment meaning I, I go through life and I don't have milestones or goals that that I'm going to work towards or or aspire to and the goals or or milestones are not the problem it's when we allow those things to own us that it becomes unhealthy so that same form of thinking applies here I think it's uh, completely appropriate to have goals to have milestones uh, that you set in in life or in your career or in various uh, uh, various phases of your life there's nothing wrong with that. It's when those things be become, uh, we become trapped because those things own us. Um, so Jack Cornfield um, ha- had a quote he put on Twitter not too long ago that said, everything that has a beginning has an ending. Make your peace with that and all will be well. And I think, again, that's a, that's a wonderful understanding of the concept of impermanence. So, apply that to uh, something like a goal. You know, having goals can be fine when you understand that goals are impermanent. 
you you work towards it and you either accomplish it and move on or something changes and it doesn't work out and that's where the wisdom of adaptability comes into play because the moment life presents something new you can adapt and create a new goal because that goal didn't own you you use that as a it should be a tool for you not um, an anchor or not something that that makes it uh, more difficult for you um, the Buddha taught that all conditioned phenomena are impermanent and that all meeting all meeting ends in parting and um, again I think in all these examples what stands out to me is the understanding of non-attachment in terms of our understanding of impermanence because the mistake that we make is seeing life as permanent and one uh, one of my teachers uh, Koyo Kubose would say don't put a period on it he, he always says just keep going and our tendency in life is to is to freeze it and make permanent things like we do sentences and then when this sentence is over there's the period that thought is done it's locked and now I move on to the next one and I think that makes a lot of sense in some ways, especially with writing. Um, but what if what if life wasn't about putting periods on things? What if it was always a comma and then you keep going? Then you add another comma and you keep going, like one infinitely long run-on sentence, which I, I know is really going to bother some of you uh, who are into grammar. But think about that in terms of life. Um, I've compared life to uh, a river. You know, there's no aspect of a, of the river that's permanent. The water that's flowing is continually changing. The very edges and banks of the river are constantly eroding and sand is being carried away. Um, you know, if a, if a big storm comes and, and the water rises, the shape of the river can change and the water finds a new path and that becomes the new river, the new path of the river. So there's no aspect of a river that's permanent, and life is a lot like that. There's no aspect of life that's permanent, and it's when we get caught up in those moments of making things in life seem permanent that we run the risk of, of uh, becoming attached. So we, when we attach to the, to the permanence of things, then uh, the, those things start to own us. So non-attachment could be said that it's really about not comparing. Uh, and when you think about this in terms of time, this, this can be really powerful because think of the present moment. What if we allowed the present moment to be free as it is without comparing the present moment to a previous moment or to a future moment? We just allow the present moment to be completely free to be what it is right here and right now. And we're not very good at that. Our tendency is to compare the, the present moment to a past moment or to a, a future moment that we anticipate. And in, in doing that, we're not allowing that to be free. And it's without that sense of freedom that we become slaves to uh, these concepts. That's, that's the idea of attachment. Not that we're attaching, but the way we understand it, it attaches and, and binds us almost like, like shackles or like chains. So think of non-attachment as a form of freedom, the opposite of, um, of non-attachment is, well, I guess 
non-attachment could be synonymous with freedom. So think of it that way. And the, and the opposite of non-attachment would be a form of being bound or chained um, to whatever it is. It could be ideas, relationships, uh, the present moment. Um, there are several things in life that can come up that that um, non-attachment uh, would be a much healthier way to approach it than the path of attachment, which I think in a lot of cases is more common. So the idea of non-attachment, and uh, as I mentioned earlier, what one of my teachers always talks about, just keep going. Um, I had the experience last weekend, last Saturday, to um, get together with some friends and try to do a walk, a 50-mile walk. And uh, 50 miles is 80.46 kilometers for those of you um, who use the metric system. So just to get an idea of of how far of a distance that that is, we walked that in one day. We started at 5 in the morning in one city and walked to another city from Provo to Salt Lake City in Utah. Um, and it took... Um, it took me just over 19 hours. So I started at 5 a.m. and I arrived just after midnight around 1230. And that was just a, a long day of nonstop walking. And the reason I did it, I was excited to do this when I found out we were that uh, my friend was putting this together because I knew that at some point I would want to stop. I would want to quit. And I had been uh, studying this concept of, of keep going. Uh, with my teacher and the idea that sometimes we do things just to do them. Our tendency, I've mentioned this in, in earlier podcasts, is that our utilitarian view of the world is, well, what's in it for me? If I'm going to do this, there's got to be a reason why. Either I get a trophy or I get, um, you know, e even just to be able to say that I did it is still a reason to do it. And I thought, what if I did it just to do it? And that's a long enough walk to where at some point, you know, you just, for, well, I guess you don't forget why you're doing it, but you forget the fact that you're measuring how long it's going to be because it's still so long that you're not really thinking about that. So I thought it might be a fun exercise to get into the mindset of thinking, I'm just taking one more step and then one more step, and I'm just going to keep going. And practicing this form of understanding impermanence. This moment, this step I'm taking ends. And it ends the moment I take the next step. And then that moment is also impermanent. It ends the moment I take the next step. And and overall, that's how the entire uh, walk kind of turned out to be for me. This form of walking meditation of just taking one step at a time, having in my mind the attitude of just keep going. At times I thought about... Um, Dory, I had gone to see uh, Dory with my kids uh, from Finding Nemo, and she's always singing that song, just keep swimming, just keep swimming. And I had that popping into my mind uh, on multiple occasions during the walk to just keep going, just keep swimming. Um, so I, I, I finally completed that. And for me, it was a form of, of being unattached to the permanence of the situation of walking. Um <clears throat> I think it's easy to think, uh, okay, here's the start of the walk, and then there's the end of the walk. It's, I, I knew it was going to be about 20 hours was my goal. Um, and I think sometimes there's this attitude, I, I, I know that I was certainly thinking this, of, of enduring. I'm going to endure this. And enduring things in life 
is is one way to view things, but I like to think of it as um, understanding that what I'm going through in the moment is not permanent. This too shall pass. I've talked about that. And that ring, the king who was looking for a way to be cheered up when he was down, and he was given a ring with the inscription, this too shall pass. But that also reminded him when things were good, this too shall pass. And it kind of became his curse. Um, While I was doing the 50-mile walk, I thought about that a lot. And especially towards the end when I was starting to feel really sore and really my muscles were really tight and I was starting to limp and I was thinking this too shall pass. Um, at, at the first of the walk, this too shall pass was my comfort level. I was, you know, feeling very comfortable. My legs were fine. And I was telling myself, well, this too shall pass at some point in this walk, this is going to hurt. And then when it was hurting, I was telling myself this too shall pass and that was to remind me that uh, once the walk was over, one at some point my muscles wouldn't be sore again. And that actually took uh, a full week after the walk. So from Saturday, from the moment I was done, the next day I could barely walk. And then it took almost a full week before I could walk without limping. <laughs> so, um, but throughout this whole ordeal, it was it was fun to try to, Um, practice the mindset of not allowing any of it to feel permanent. Every day I was reminding myself, you know, even after the walk, I'm still sore thinking, well, this too shall pass. And that's essentially the attitude of non-attachment. It's recognizing that everything that I'm experiencing is impermanent. And, um, And I'm trying to face the reality that everything ends. Every start has an ending. And um, I thought about the parable that I've shared before about the two monks who are crossing the river, because I think that is a, a wonderful depiction of detachment. And so the two monks arrive at the edge of the river, and there's the young girl in the wedding gown, and the senior monk picks her up without even thinking. They cross the river, and at some point he puts her down, and then at some point on on their journey, the young monk is just uh, going nuts, trying to figure out what had just what he had just seen, and he finally tells the senior monk, "Hey, what are you doing? We had we've taken vows to not uh, to not touch a female, and you just picked her up like nothing and carried her across the river." And the senior monk pauses and just tells him, "I put her down on the other side of the river. Why do you continue to carry her?" And to me, that's another wonderful example of attachment. Um, when something has gone beyond its time, it's past its time, we have a hard time letting go because we're attached. And non-attachment is being able to do what you need to do in the moment, like the monk putting the, the girl on his back. And, and then when it was done, it was done. And he let her go. So I would invite you to think about this topic and, and ask yourself, what are you attached to? And maybe an even stronger way to word this to make it more clear what I'm trying to get at is what are the things that currently own you? What are the what are the things that that control and and currently own you? This could be emotions. If you're if you're still angry at something that happened in the past or at someone or, um, you know, take a look at your life and ask yourself, what is it that currently owns me? Because if you feel a sense of something that owns you, there's attachment there. And that's a a great place to start with 
practicing non-attachment. What can I what can I try to detach from? Well, try to detach from the things that you feel that own you. And this doesn't just have to be the negative things. It can be uh, anything that you feel owns you. And with relationships, this is incredibly powerful. Uh, if you were able to have a non-attached loving relationship with your spouse or with your uh, parents or with your children, you know, what would that look like to love someone in such a way that the person that you love feels free? What would that look like? And what would, what would it look like if you felt that you were loved in a way that you felt free? And, you know, start by offering that to someone else, offering that sense of freedom to the person that you love. That's a form of non-attachment. So I hope that kind of clarifies the topic a little bit about non-attachment. Rather than thinking of non-attachment as I don't own anything or, um, you know, I'm, I'm not going to have anything in my life, I'm going to give everything up, consider that non-attachment it has more to do with not allowing the things that you do have in your life to possess you or to own you. Think of it that way and then look for what areas or things in your life right now feel like they have a sense of attachment for you. Uh, I'd love to hear about this in the comments um, and see how it goes for you as you discuss this um, or as you explore this a little bit. And then I want to remind everyone, uh, only because we're getting closer uh, to the date of this um, humanitarian trip that, that I'm doing um, next January, January 26th through February 4th, um, if you're interested in learning about that, please reach out to me. Uh, you can learn about it for, on mindfulhumanitarian.org, or you can reach out to me. Um, I've mentioned this a few times, but you can find me on Facebook. My username is Noah Rochetta, so Facebook forward slash Noah Rochetta, or on Twitter or on Instagram. I have the same username in all those places. Or you can always reach out to me by email. A lot of you do, and I really appreciate communicating uh, with you uh, on uh, my email address is noah at secularbuddhism.com so you can find me on secularbuddhism.com of course and as always thank you so much for taking the time to listen uh, i really believe that this podcast is making a difference and many of you have reached out to tell me that it's making a difference to you um, and and it's wonderful to hear that it really motivates me to continue recording uh, new podcast episodes and I do this because I enjoy it. I do this because uh, I'm trying to make myself a better whatever I already am. And I, I have no intent of uh, converting or changing anyone. I'm just sharing these topics because they're meaningful to me and I enjoy them. And, and in a way, they're written for me uh, as I go through my journey of trying to be more mindful. And I'm determined to continue producing content and creating tools uh, to help myself and others to be more mindful. Um, so you can play a part in that. If, if, if you're in a position to be able to help, your donations allow me to continue producing that weekly content and creating these tools uh, for the workshops and retreats and seminars and, of course, the podcast. So if you're in a position to be able to help, please visit secularbuddhism.com to make a one-time donation or sign up as a monthly supporter of the podcast. And thanks again for taking the time to listen. And uh, please feel free to share the podcast, to write a review or give it a, a rating in iTunes. And um, please reach out to me and let me know what you think of this podcast episode. 
and um, good luck with trying to explore in what areas of your life you feel that you could practice non-attachment. I'd love to hear what it what it uh, does for you to think about it like this and to see if you can start to practice non-attachment in different areas of your life. So I wish you all the best. Have a great week and until next time. Mm-hmm.